Welcome to the Mindset for Life podcast. This is Bethany, your coach from drbcoach.com, coaching with power, purpose, and practical tools to help you show up with confidence. Hello, and welcome to the podcast today. Forgiveness is a character strength we're going to talk about. If you take a moment to visit the VIA Character Strength Survey, you will learn how strong of a trait this is in your life. If it's not a strength for you or for me, we can develop it. In his book, Forgiving What You'll Never Forget, David Stoop wrote the following. To forgive is, in the English language, an extended, expanded, strengthened form of the verb to give. By intensifying the verb, we speak of giving at its deepest level, of self-giving, or giving forth and giving up deeply held parts of the self. We give up the right to revenge, to perfection, to justice, and instead we give forth to ourselves or to the other person freedom from the past and an openness toward the future. Forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves and others. In order to need forgiveness, we must have first judged that something should have happened or something should not have happened. Either way, we perceive that something is very wrong, and based on what we believe to be true, we might also believe that somebody else should fix it, or make it right, or pay for it. These beliefs are all stories that go with our thoughts about what happened, where we think forgiveness is necessary. So for today's podcast, we will consider three things. Is forgiveness a mindset? First of all, how do you define forgiveness? And secondly, why should we forgive? And lastly, how do we do it? So how, how have you typically defined forgiveness? As for me, I used to define forgiveness as something I might want from other people. When I've made a mistake, I thought it meant that I would apologize, try to fix something, or ask the other person involved to give me forgiveness. When I thought about forgiveness like this, it seemed that I could never be in control of that. Someone else outside of me had the power to forgive me. Perhaps I could never do enough to earn their forgiveness. If that was true, then no matter how sorry I was or how much I tried to fix the thing, ultimately someone else was going to decide whether I could let it go or feel better or move on. Expecting forgiveness to come from somebody else, this is a common way to think about it. But there are several reasons why this is a problem. Have you ever defined forgiveness this way? If we look at forgiveness as something somebody else gives the offending person, there would be no forgiveness when somebody has died, when there isn't any way to contact the other person, or when the offender has truly changed and made things right, but the victim is holding tightly with an unwilling heart. So for many reasons, forgiveness is not something we can expect to get from other people. Terry Warner wrote a book called Bonds That Make Us Free. And in this book, he defines forgiveness like this. Forgiveness, correctly understood, is the process by which we open ourselves to the reality of others and thereby undergo a profound personal change. When someone asked him, how can you forgive another person and forget at the same time? Warner said that we can't accuse someone in our heart and at the same time forget about the wrong we are accusing them of doing. After all, in order to forgive, we must first accuse someone of wrongdoing. 
Basically, when we believe someone has offended us or wronged us, we accuse them and we blame them. We might even escalate that to the level of hating, resenting, or hurting them in return. We harden our hearts against the other person and we build a case. We build inv invisible walls to separate ourselves from them. It's kind of like we start a war with someone who has hurt us because we believe they have done something truly wrong. And in doing this, we are doing something wrong ourselves. We are harboring blame and accusations toward that other person. We are justifying why we are stuck in some way because that other person has done something. I can think of so many instances where one person has clung so tightly to the offense that they told that story all the time as justification years and years onward for not moving on. Here's an example. So last week I spoke to an adult man who said that he had no control over his life since the third grade because of what his third grade teacher did to him. This person was still telling the story of events that happened when he was seven or eight years old and how much he cannot do now because of those events. It's unlikely that the third grade teacher thinks about it at all, and they might never see each other again. By holding on to this story, that man avoids needing to learn to write legibly and a few other skills that would help him now in adulthood. The story does not harm the third grade teacher, even if she really did wrong him. Instead, it hurts the man. Another example is a woman whose husband was unfaithful during their marriage. Because of adultery, the two decided to divorce and move on through life without each other. The man married again and worked to change himself over time, to learn how to discipline himself, to become more the person he thought he should be. The woman chose not to date or remarried. As the years went by, she told the story repeatedly of how she prepared long for a committed marriage, and that man ruined her dreams by being unfaithful. Although it is a very complex situation and difficult for a person to live through, forgiveness in each situation is a tool for freedom and the space to live again and to move forward. Why should we forgive? First of all, it's not my goal today to push anyone to forgive. I understand that it is very difficult to forgive the choices people make, especially when they seem very wrong to us and have hurt us. I want you to know that we're exploring this topic today. I'm not trying to preach how you should be. When there is an offense or action taken by someone that hurts us, we accuse and blame them. Accusing others who believe, we believe that they wronged or offended us puts us in the role of victim. If we see ourselves as a victim, we give up all of our control and we bind ourselves to that other person. Our story becomes the reason we cannot heal and we cannot recover. We think that we're less than we might be because of that other person's problem or their choices toward us. We blame that other person for what we are or what we're not able to do now. In a sense, we relive that situation over and over in the present every time we tell the story. Without even realizing it, by accusing and blaming the other person, we are doomed to bring them with us throughout our lives. And we tell the story of what happened over and over again, keeping us stuck to this other person for a very long time. 
As we are thinking about what is going on when we sense the need to forgive someone else, it seems that in order to be open to the possibility of truly forgiving, our hearts must be open to the possibility that there might be another story to tell. Even considering the possibility that there might be another story opens things up. Here's an example. That person who cuts us off in traffic, causing us to stop our car quickly and spill a milkshake all over our legs. At first, it would be very easy to think that driver did it thoughtlessly. They're a reckless driver. They shouldn't even be on the road. When we find out they have a family member in the car who is gravely injured and they are speeding to the hospital a mile away, it seems a little easier to understand the situation. The new story means we might have a mess to clean up, but perhaps we understand the emergency and maybe we even want to get out of their way to help them get to the hospital faster. Ultimately, forgiveness is a way to become free from bondage to stories that don't serve us. By choosing to forgive, we open the door to moving forward. So I propose that the disposition of our hearts or our state of feeling forgiveness, it starts not in our hearts at all, but in our mind. And that's where the mindset part of this comes in. There's this idea that we use a thinking process in any situation without even realizing it. And for some people, this thinking process is called the ladder of inference. This thinking process starts when some information, input, or facts come into our brain. It moves through several steps till we reach a decision. Now understand, this process happens lightning fast. We're not really conscious of it. Thinking stages would be like rungs on a ladder, or steps. Each one of us has different steps in our thought processes. These steps or thoughts are things like these. Look at the data or information, then filter that through our own values and assumptions. And then we sort of paraphrase it in our mind to make sense of it. We think about it in the context that it happened to understand it more clearly. Then we give it a name and explain what is happening. Again, with our own mental filters, we then explain and evaluate what happened and make sense and decide what to do in a flash. This is a very, very fast process. Our minds move in microseconds through this pathway, taking each of these steps to think through something. If forgiveness begins in our minds, we're actually competing with some pretty rigid thought processes to get to the place where we are forgiving someone. In fact, because our brains are wired for efficiency, we actually tend to think in patterns and have habitual thoughts. We have habits of thinking certain ways. So we're gonna have a difficult time changing the way we think. That's gonna involve slowing things down and thinking something different. And it means new thinking habits. So how do we forgive someone? The idea is that forgiving others includes three parts that really are all within our own control. And I took these three parts from Bonds That Make Us Free by Terry Warner. First, we focus on our own part of the problem and address what is actually within our control. Second, open our hearts towards others and try to understand rather than blaming or accusing. As we try to understand, we might learn about true stories that were behind what happened. 
And third, we let go of accusations and blame so that we can see the humanity of the other person. When we are accusing and blaming, we are motivated to carry a heart that is at war. Letting go transforms the other person in front of our eyes. By seeing them differently, we also transform ourselves. We become capable of what we never could do before. So as we bring these ideas together, I would like to share a story of my own that involves forgiveness. And to acknowledge that forgiveness is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. By working through the process and allowing our hearts to change, we truly become different. And I wouldn't give that up to escape those challenging situations that cause the need for forgiveness in the first place. In my story, I had a friend who hurt me in a very personal way. It was no small thing to me. It was such a big offense that I wasn't sure I wanted to understand the friend. Certainly, I would, I would probably have been justified letting go of that friendship altogether and just moving on. At the time, I even thought anyone else would agree with me. As time went on, I realized my friend had some serious challenges that they were trying to overcome. It took that person several years to figure it all out and let go of their habits. As time passed, I tried to be a supportive friend and be a good example. At times, I thought this person in my life was spiteful and pretty mean, and I couldn't find any other explanation for the wrong they did. As the years went by, I learned about seeing my own role in the problem. Pretty soon, I used my perspective on that friendship, and I realized all the time that I was trying to be a good friend and an example for this other person, I was actually judging them pretty harshly. I was not understanding, supportive, or encouraging to my friend. In fact, the way I saw myself made it so very difficult for my friend to change or overcome their problem. Initially, I had thought I needed to forgive my friend's offense. After all, I saw it as a really big offense. And over time, I realized I needed to fix whatever my role was in that problem. No, I didn't cause my friend's problem, but I wasn't helping either. And my accusations of the hurt they caused me kept them stuck. In the end, I was able to completely let go of that offense my friend had given me. I even apologized to them for not being there when they really needed me. I let go of that hurt and I started doing my best to understand my friend and just work on my own flaws and problems. This process actually took 10 years. And as I think of that friend, I am so amazed at their growth, their gifts and talents shared with others, and the direction that they're headed. I would have missed seeing that in my friend if I had just let go of that friendship with all the hurt I felt. And I might have carried that story with me, struggling to let it go the rest of my life. Some things in life are small, and it can be good practice to let go of offenses quickly in those cases. Other things are quite big, and they might seem impossible to forgive. Regardless of what has happened, I hope that today you are thinking about this idea that forgiveness is for the person who is hurt or who is offended much more than it ever is for the person who has hurt us. If you are thinking about forgiveness you would like to feel, I hope you will find some tools here to think about to help you get started. I wish you all the best this coming week, becoming the best version of you, and letting go of whatever might be holding you back. This has been a podcast called Mindset for Life by Bethany at drbcoach.com. To find me on the web, you can visit my blog or my website at www 
drbcoach.com. That's D-R-B-C-O-A-C-H dot com.